If you want to grow your business, you need to be on YouTube. I am a huge YouTube evangelist. I've been on the platform for 14 years. I know a lot about it and I love it so much, but you know what? I wanted to bring on one of the all-time YouTube experts to the show to help you unpack it even more. It's my friend, Sean Cannell from Think Media, who has one of, my opinion, the best YouTube channels out there on online video, both in how to get started and what kind of content to create, and then the tools and the the ways to make your videos look and sound good. He's got it all. So it's a great channel. You should check it out. But in this episode, I had him unpack what you need to consider with YouTube going into 2024, why subscribers no longer matter, consumption does, the one to three most important things you should focus on when getting started to get traction, and what to major on and what to minor on when it comes to YouTube. Sean is a guy that deals with YouTube every single day. He is one of the leading experts on it, and he's the author of YouTube Secrets, which is a fantastic book. Sit back and relax and enjoy this fantastic interview with the one and only Sean Cannell. This is a fun moment for me because I get to do part fanboy because I've, I've watched your stuff for years, um, and then part like... We are now in the same mastermind, so I've been able to connect with you uh, back in January. And, and it's funny because you and Shay, my wife, were on a bus and we were talking about like PEMF mats and red light therapy. And I was like, I was like, I don't actually feel like I belong in this conversation. Y'all health nerds are talking about all that kind of stuff. But so it's been fun to like follow you, get to know you in person. And then really what I'm excited about is to share you with my audience because you're the YouTube master. Uh, I read your book years ago, love your stuff. And um this YouTube is a platform that I champion and my, my students, a lot of them champion. So to come on the show and be able to bring your advice and wisdom and experience is fire. So thank you, brother, for taking the time. Graham, I'm super grateful. I'm super grateful to be hanging out with you and your community. And thanks for the kind words. And yeah, it's a lot of exciting things happening on YouTube right now that are relevant. And I think that are profound for your listeners because there's a lot of opportunities. So I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, dude. So I feel like you've been the YouTube guy for like ever is what it feels like. And I mean, in forever YouTube land, I mean, YouTube came out with 2005. So, I mean, that to some people are blown away that it even came out back then, but you've been on it for so long. You've got over 2 million subscribers on Think Media. Can you just like go into your story a little bit? How did you get there? Because from what I know, you have a ministry background. I think we both have, were in ministry for a while in churches and like, how do you land as the YouTube guy and how have you had so much success in growing Think Media to what it is today? Yeah, you know, it is wild because we were just talking before we started, uh, we're hiring people right now. We're probably, we're about 20 W2 employees. We'll probably be 30 by the end of the year. Um, eight figure company, you know, millions of subscribers and all of that's super weird. Cause I'm a small town kid, college dropout. And I don't even know what I'm doing. Like I'm trying to figure out how to be a CEO. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got some young kids trying to figure that out. Um, but it did all start in the local church. And I really don't feel like I chose video. I feel like video chose me because I just showed up to volunteer as an intern and my youth pastor handed me a video camera and Adobe Premiere video editing software. This is 2003 and said, wow. Hey, start making videos for the youth ministry. Like YouTube's not out. Social media is not happening, but I was making weekly content of like announcements and these random terrible videos for like 16 kids in our youth ministry in Marysville, Washington, an hour north of Seattle. And so. Um, I got into video and then by 2007, right after YouTube started, we actually started a YouTube channel for the church. And again, I'm doing everything wrong. 
there's actually a 15 minute upload limit. So when I would upload the pastor sermons, it was like a three part series just to get one <laughs> sermon out. Yep. You couldn't do thumbnails or wasn't monetization yet or anything, but because I was able to cut my teeth so early, I've been doing video for 20 years, YouTube for 16 years. I just have kind of taken the 10,000 hour rule and multiplied it by five. Like I've probably done 50,000 hours in video, YouTube, client work eventually, started a freelance video business, wedding videos, video marketing, worked with author speakers, helped them with YouTube channels, book launches, storytelling on camera, on camera, behind the camera, just all the different things. And so, yeah, video kind of just hit my radar. And I, I really believe if you're faithful with what's in your hand, God will give you what's in your heart. Because ultimately, uh, I love business and entrepreneurship and leadership. And video just happens to be the, the vehicle. You know, if you see someone who's skilled at what they do, they'll serve before kings, not common men. Yep, and so Proverbs. it's kind of like I just developed this video skill and I just kept doubling down on it. And also then discovered it was such a necessary skill for um, making an impact with your message and growing your business. Stats came out that I think 86.5% of all internet traffic is video. Wow. And Forbes said that YouTube is the most dominant social media platform. If video is the dominant content format and YouTube is the number one video platform, then I would argue it's irresponsible for someone that's serious about their business, their message, their product, their service to not invest in YouTube because there's so much opportunity there, not just for now, but also for insurance for the future to plant your flag and establish your brand and build your presence on this most important video platform. Yeah, you just answered my next question. You are very bullish on YouTube and you just gave all the reasons why. Talk to me about, because um, I totally agree. If I had to pick a platform, I'm like, you know, I, I want to give people options. Like, sure, yeah, you could do just a podcast or you could do this or you could play on Instagram, but please do YouTube. Talk to me about, you know, someone who's on the fence and, and they're like, yeah, but um, I don't, I don't know what all you think the common excuses are that you see, but I'll see like, I don't understand the tech, but I'm, and I just say, we'll go to think media's media, you know, YouTube channel. I, I don't want to, you know, all the ladies that follow stuff. I don't have to put on makeup and do my hair it's so much. I'd rather just do audio. I'm like, okay, I get it. I don't quite have the problem that, but w w what do you say to someone who's on the fence that you're like, or they'll just do the whole, what's well, too late, right? It's, everyone's already on YouTube. Why should I get on it now? Which is always bogus because now is better than, you know, waiting longer. But what do you say to someone who has not started on YouTube? They have cold feet. What, how do you, how do you push someone like that into the pool? Yeah, I love those questions because I'm empathetic to the challenges. You know, we're busy getting on camera, not liking your own voice, feeling awkward, all that kind of stuff. But here's the thing, Graham. I mean, I don't want to go to the gym, but if you don't start lifting something heavy, you're going to die. Like, I don't, I don't want to eat healthy, but I'd rather eat donuts and chocolate covered gummy bears, true story all day long, but mm. I'm going to fry my system and be super unhealthy if I don't do it. And honestly, I don't, I didn't want to get up today and actually start working and building my business, but I, my team is depending on me. My kids are depending on me. Um, and so, you know, that I know I'm coming a little bit hard, but it's, it really is like, you can't do YouTube without work. You can't build your brand without getting uncomfortable. And so I think it's really about getting clear on why first, you know, reasons come first, results come second. Um, if you have enough leads, customers, if you feel like your brand is invincible and unbreakable, that's not true, but you may feel that way and you may have enough momentum. 
if you feel like you've got, uh, you know, you're comfortable, you're actually on your way out. You're like, you know what? I've made so much money in my business. Like it's in retirement accounts and like, well then don't do video. Cause like, if you got enough influence <laughs> sure. impact, if you've, if you've given up on your message. And I mean, like if you literally, if, if you don't want to reach more people or like get your core message to the world, well then, yeah, you definitely shouldn't do YouTube, but that would be reverse that. If you want to create insurance between and, and distance between you and your competitors, I help a lot of real estate agents and, uh, you know, EXP has, it's kind of, you know, one of the new, co- it's got like 75,000 agents. They have like 4% of the market. You got Keller buddy, Williams. My buddy's got all this, an EXP, yeah. Yeah. So you got all these different, the truth is the majority of agents and servants providers, service providers have still not embraced video. So as soon as you start embracing video, you put yourself into a small percentage that is doing what others won't. Everybody's scared. Everybody doesn't like how they look on camera. Everybody's overthinking. But just by doing it, you already step into an elite percentage of, of the. and I'm not even talking about because you're going to be massively successful. I'm just saying as a prevention measure of you being irrelevant as people are more attuned and and YouTube for sure, but video content in general, I think that'd be the other uh, reason I would say is that YouTube is the top of the content pyramid. If you're doing it right, you should launch a video podcast, create video content and think of YouTube as a home base because it has the longest shelf life. It's the only platform where your content lives forever. It's the only platform that is really a search engine owned by Google. And when you publish content there though, you know, I'm very bullish on Instagram reels right now, Facebook reels. I think TikTok, it might get shut down. That's another one. What if it gets shut down? Yeah. Well, what if you miss out on all the, all the opportunity to reach people for the two years before it got shut down? Yep. It's like things change all the time, but we got to take massive messy action and we got to, we're on offense, not defense here, you know? And so I think that those are some reasons, but the big, the big clarity point would be for the listener to sit down and think, what are my goals? What is my, what are my targets? What are, you know, what am I trying to actually accomplish here? Um, what, what is my big vision? Do I want to build a bigger brand? Do I deeply care about the message inside of my book and want to ultimately generate more book sales? Uh, two of our students, Mary's Nest, who's got a traditional cooking channel, was reached out. She was cold reached out by a publisher. Like the publisher reached out to her and was like, hey, have you ever wanted to write a book? Because of her YouTube influence, Dr. Andrea Ferlin, who helps people with chronic pain, she's in Canada, the exact same thing happened. They just both got traditionally published book deals. And what the agents were saying, or these reps from the companies, they said, we're actually going direct to people with YouTube channels. Wow. Because they are the new influencers that have established brands. And so I think that the, you know, they say, when is the best time to plant a tree? 10 years ago, when's the second best time to plant a tree is today. Also considering that YouTube can be a marathon and not a sprint. So sometimes we're so tied to the tyranny of the urgent yep. that we also aren't investing in building our brand up for, for the future. So again, if like, I encourage a lot of people that are like, do I, do I have to do YouTube? No, not if you don't want some of the things we're describing, but if you do that, then for sure, ignoring YouTube uh, could very well be dangerous. And, and, you know, I kind of think about like Joseph in the Bible story of he was storing up seven years of grain for seven years of famine because of 
of, of a visionary insight in what was coming in the future because he had a picture of what was coming in the future. And so I think about, I was coaching somebody yesterday that was like, was you, would YouTube work for a small local restaurant? And I was like, well, kind of, but not really. Like if you just wanted more leads, customers, people coming into your local restaurant in a small town, you'd be much better off advertising at the local baseball game, word of mouth, giving out coupons, being in like the Val pack. You, you'd be, there's a lot of different marketing channels you could use. I said, however, you have all these recipes. You love your product. You love cooking. You should start a media company. Like you should start a YouTube presence, a brand online, start creating content. And the very media company content business that you start because you have a restaurant and a kitchen and a vision and, and a story that could eventually far surpass your local restaurant. And eventually people come into your town. They're like, I can't believe it. I've been watching your show. I've been watching a yep. weekly cooking show. Bingo. So, so that's kind of, and, and, and maybe it leads to a few leads, but there'd be direct response marketing, do some paid ads. If you're just trying to get clients and customers today, but if you want to build a brand and a legacy and then lockdowns happen again, pandemic happens again, you can't open your restaurant again, something shifts for a while. Well, now you've got multiple other income streams from a media business, a YouTube channel where you have YouTube ad revenue and you've got affiliate marketing coming in, maybe some kind of an e-commerce play. And, and maybe like many of our students, you've packaged up your barbecue spices or you've packaged up your mesquite spatula like cowboy Kent Rollins did. He's got cowboy cooking channel. You, you packaged up your own coffee blend or something, or you're doing something digital products or all kinds of stuff. So I think that as we capture vision, that's where the opportunity is. And then, and then my reasons become strong enough to make me punch fear in the face, get on camera anyways, do it uncomfortable, do it when I don't feel like it, mm-hmm. go through the, the learning curve of figuring out the tech. It's all out there, but it's really that first thing. It's like 95% psychology, you know, 5% the actual information and technology. Sure. I get it. It's the mindset battle, the fear, fear, fear of other people's opinions. A lot of that stuff holds us back, but that's why we say you got to punch fear in the face, punch perfectionism in the face and press record. Yeah, man, I love that little John Acuff, of John Acuff, right? And start, just punch. Yeah, I stole that from his title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. from so, uh, start. Yeah, start. such a good book. <laughs> it's such a great concept. Visual is like punching in the face, and I can't agree more. I think the insurance is an interesting language there. I I feel like for for me on on my goal when I started a YouTube channel in two thousand January twenty ten was the first video that got uploaded. Um, I was thinking. Man, I just want to maybe on the maybe on the digital side of things, I could bring in a little bit of income. But I had a freelance, you know, pr- producing business. I was making records for bands, and so I thought it'd be this little thing. And to your point, I had sort of the brick and it wasn't brick and mortar, but the in person service based business. The digital side, the content that grew and grew and grew, and I, I became known as the music production guy on on YouTube. And that surprised the heck out of me. And then when people would reach out and they'd want to hire me or connect with me because they saw me on YouTube, I'm like, what is this thing? Is there more, you know, there's probably more legs on that than me trying to just get more and more clients and how many albums can I make in a month and how, what, my, what can my rates be capped at? You start to realize, wow, because I posted content, I, I, it's almost like a credibility play. Like I was no better than any other audio engineer out there, probably average at best. But I was the guy on YouTube who was publishing and teaching and sharing. And it's like it created this authority in the space of like, oh, they think Graham or Recording Revolution at the time with, you know, 
learning music production that surprised the heck out of me to the point that I had people who were irritated at me that like I had a bigger channel or was getting more acclaimed. It was like, well, I'm more talented than Graham. And they were probably right, mm. but I published more and more consistently and served people. And it surprised me of like, wow, to your point, every single, single thing I uploaded created authority, credibility, that's very vague, but that can be channeled into so many opportunities and has been for years and years and years. It, it changed my life. I agree with you 100%. You know, what you're talking about, too, in a lot of ways is personal branding. And the person that has a strong personal brand will always win to the person who hasn't invested in building their personal brand. And this is the studies on this are, are out, you know, inside of a company, building a brand. If you're inside of a company and working for someone else, it's just what is your reputation, your credibility, your portfolio? And the person, the, the agent that has a thousand YouTube subscribers and 30 to 50 videos. The other thing is that this is a trust accelerator, which you, you know, it's, it's no like and trust. So you just have these assets on the internet. That are also, there's a good book by uh, Robert, I would say his last name wrong, like he wrote Influence, Robert Sindeli or whatever. And there's a book called Presuasion, talking about how a lot of brands, the reason they're more successful at sales is because well before the actual sales conversation ever started, they were presuading and preparing, setting the environment for people to make a purchase. For example, on a e-commerce mattress website, they did things like they had clouds kind of as the background graphic as the website. And it got people into the mindset of being more comfortable and floating off to sleep. And they talked about fragrance and music and the aesthetic outside of a physical shop that got mm. people more into the buying mood once they stepped into the shop. Well, recently, um, I just got a $30,000 consulting client. Um, and this individual though, once we jumped on the, the zoom, they were, they were already sold. Actually, they were like, I've been watching your videos. I've already been stalking you. So even just this online content in general is so powerful because it helps you to your point, it does build authority. And as you said, it doesn't mean you're the best because content is king, but marketing is queen and she runs the household. Mm. And so the people who master marketing, you go, well, my product is this other music engineer was better than Graham. Yeah. But that's, that's kind of a meaningless statement because some of the best songs, books, movies, content products right now are in the cemetery. Like right. even if they were created, if they never found out how to distribute mm. marketing, if they never figured out how to get known branding, then it doesn't necessarily mean that the best product is going to win. It's really the best marketing is going to win. With the bad product, you eventually will destroy your brand sure. and reputation because word gets end. around. Yeah. But, but content is king. Yes, your product is the core of longevity and legacy, but you got to master marketing. And that's one of the big opportunities with content marketing and video marketing in general is, man, it's such a multiplier and it creates massive distance between you and your competitors. Hey friend, we'll get back to the episode in just a moment. Real quick, I hope you're enjoying the episode. And if so, please share it with somebody that needs to hear this episode today. It would mean so much to me. Also, I want to give you a gift for hanging out with me today. I want to give you my free million-dollar life-giving business formula on-demand training. 
Inside of this less than 60 minute training, it will help you uncover your uniqueness to build a seven figure boutique brand without burning out. This is some of my favorite material. These are the things that I'm taking my private clients through, but I want to share them with you in this free training. So if you've already built your business, but it's not giving you life, it's taking life from you, this is the training for you. It's absolutely free. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash lifegiving. That's grahamcochran.com slash lifegiving, all one word, and you can register for your spot right there. Now back to the episode. I love that so much. So like, let's talk about, this is one of my favorite things to like, not, not to make fun of, but like, I love to pull it out when I'm coaching students um, cause I'll get questions where they're literally majoring in the minors when it comes to YouTube and they've somehow latched onto something like that they think might be a strategic question, but it's, it's missing the mark. And maybe it's like, how, what's the perfect length of a video, you mm. know? And it's like, mm, you can crush it in short and long. I mean, like that's the yeah. wrong question or they're really worried about, you know, which mic, which lapel microphone they use, uh, in the video. And so I see majoring and minoring uh, majors in the minors all the time. And I really always try to push people to the things that really actually make a difference on YouTube. So in your opinion, this is your world. What are one to three, like actual things to major on when it comes to YouTube that are worth obsessing over or focusing on? Um, I would say number one would be the content value number two would be, and probably before that would be understanding, let's call it the customer, but would be understanding your target audience. Um, and then the third one would be consistency. So if we said customer content and consistency, let's break them down. First of all, I think again, production value doesn't matter. It does, but there are plenty of channels that have the most expensive camera that are not succeeding. And there are plenty of people just using their smartphone that are crushing it. So if we said that the camera was the only variable, that would be false. It's the, it's the content value. But what comes before that is understanding who you're even trying to reach because people go, well, what's valuable? Well, that's entirely predicated on who you're trying to reach, understanding your target audience, understanding your customer this is a big deal. Because the creator who understands the viewer best wins. The business owner who understands the target customer wins. And so this could have to do with market research. It's understanding the problems and the pain points and the things that people actually want to click on and watch. I'm sure that everybody listening to this at one point or another has probably gone to YouTube to learn some type of information. It reminds me of Andrew Finney. He's a real estate agent, Las Vegas, top 1% of agents, multiple six figures a year. When he posted some of his early videos on YouTube, you could argue they were embarrassing. I mean, the, the camera was probably a $50 Logitech webcam or worse. It just looked terrible. The framing, absolutely horrendous. The on webcam microphone in an echoey room sounded absolutely terrible. He was stiff as a board, deer in a headlights looking at the camera. And so you're like, everything about this is bad. Or is it? Because his video title was eight things to never say when buying a house. And when you inspect the views, even today, it's got nearly 300,000 views on the video. Because of course, we all uh, we realize this. When we click on a video like that, 
we're not expecting it to be like the Mandalorian on Disney plus. Like we're not expecting it to be a Jerry Bruckheimer film in terms of lighting and production value. We have a pain point or a problem and we're looking for an answer. YouTube can really be summarized and make a promise in your title and deliver it in the video and make a promise in your title and deliver it in the video without fluff, hype, wasting people's time. Just get to the point, grab your smartphone, get to the point, serve the viewer. So if you understand, and this is where a lot of people get it wrong, before thumbnail, before title, before before even making the video, probably the most important thing is topic. Yep. When you understand who you're talking to, you know, by this time, a lot of uh, people's radars are probably aware of uh, Alex and Layla Hermosi. One of my favorite people is Layla Hermosi because she, her content it's pretty different than anybody else's out there because it's more advanced. She's coming from like an operations scale, very niche, like, like, so she puts out a video that's like how like to maintain your culture when you grow past 20 employees, like number one, that's never going to go viral. But number two, I'm just sipping on my morning single origin Ethiopian coffee that I just made in an AeroPress scrolling on my phone that hits my feed. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is for me. She understands exactly who she's trying to the founder operator myself. That is that, that has a specific pain point. And what I don't want to click on is just some generic information. Now, maybe somebody else does because there's all kinds of levels of like the competence, uh, the comp, the competency pyramid. If anyone's ever looked it up, it's pretty powerful. There's four levels of, you know, you're just starting your business. Now you're aware that you suck, but you're trying to get it started. And now you actually are established. Now you're kind of doing an autopilot, whatever. So punchline is understand the customer first. And when you start talking about the right topics, it doesn't matter if you just record yourself on zoom one rental at a time. Uh, Michael Zuber is a really cool channel and he does daily financial news, gets in front of a whiteboard his channel has no editing, zero editing. And he does interviews with like millionaire guests and they're people that are in commercial, people that are doing all kinds of different stuff. But he just jumps on Zoom. He's had me on the show. He, he books me for 60 minutes. He he goes, all right, here's topic number one. We're just going to riff on this topic number two, topic number three. He presses record on Zoom, turns it on, turns it off, turns it on, turns it off, uploads those Zoom recordings. He's got like, I don't know. Uh, he's on his way to 50,000 subscribers, made about 80K in ad revenue. His whole brand is about 400 plus, 500 plus. And then he's got his whole real estate business. That, that was his media company of putting out super simple videos. Um, but, but it's the content value. So by the way, that's not even fancy. Like this, not even using Riverside. Like it's not even crispy. Like it's, yeah. it's terrible, yeah. but it's amazing because. I just want some raw daily financial news that's not skewed or from some, you know, yeah. propaganda machine. I don't want to listen to CNN or CNBC. I want to listen to somebody that's on the streets that's background in economy, economist and all this other stuff. So customer number one, number two would be content. And we kind of already hit that would be focusing then on value, less worried about production value, more into content value. Because for, I would argue, 100% of your listeners, professionals, educators, people that are going to help people solve a problem, business builders, entrepreneurs. So we're the type of people where, you know, the reason that you listen to any particular podcast is never because the audio is just amazing. That's cool. 
It's never because, you know, they have such great branding. All of that stuff is cool, but it's because you actually get a takeaway from the episode. And the greater you understand what the viewer is listening to, thinking about, worried about, you can contextualize to it. And this is just good business advice in general. Man, on a scale from one to 10, what are the topics that are like an eight, nine, and 10 in terms of pain or urgency for the person you're trying to reach? Like, what are the things that they really like? That's the problem they want to solve. That's the exact language they're using. And that's the thing that would, you drop an email, you drop an email subject line, an email, and like, that's the email they're open. Now there are, there's other things, which these aren't bad videos to post either, but if it's only a three, four or five, that's like, they click save, watch for later. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's like, mm, and they might skip over it or worse. And I see this happen in so many cases, people are completely talking about the wrong stuff or and this is where I want to challenge the listener. Or you got to bring some real heat. You got to bring some real value. You got to bring some real substance. So you make a promise in the title. Then the worst thing you could do is like, it's one thing to be a good copywriter or to just let chat GPT write a good title for you. It's a whole nother thing to back it up within some good content value. And then finally, what were the three C's? Customer, consistency content, is the third. and consistency. Because that I, this might also be, I know you're like, cameras, thumbnails, analytics, and all those details and all that stuff matters. But I would argue the number one killer of every entrepreneur that starts YouTube is they don't stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Come like on. by far. And I love this quote from Steve Jobs. And he said, business is just a game of attrition. Wow. I just figured if I could outlast I heard somebody else say the number one goal in business is just to stay in business, which is so true because the truth is if your business is still open, it has not gone bankrupt, it has not reached insolvency, then hey, life's still good. Even if you're in debt, Uber's still in debt. I mean, like they, <laughs> yeah. they haven't been profitable, Like, it, but you're still in business. You still yep. got act. It's still happening. And so the, the problem that people that are like, yeah, you know, YouTube did it work for me. I'm like, you tried it for three months. Oh my gosh. Like you, you, you weren't really consistent with it. And when you look at even business statistics, right, it takes the average small business like 18 to 36 months to be profitable. When a new venture starts, you know, 30% fail in two years, another 30% fail in two years by five years. And then they're like, there's nine out of 10 left. Well, here's what Steve Jobs was saying. He was like, you just wait five, six, seven years and you will be the only person that's still going if you don't quit. Oh, and so we've seen that play out. Two things happen when you commit to consistency, because if you really commit to serving and understanding and putting your customer first, the viewer first, the listener first, and you then really commit to putting out good content value. Part of that could be leveling up. Make sure they can hear you. I mean, it doesn't matter what mic you get, but get a mic that sounds good. Like it's on Amazon. Like, I mean, I do have more detail than that, but like you're overthinking that piece. Make sure the content value is good, but then man, stick with it. And what happens over, there's kind of like an intersection between you getting better. I'm sure Graham, you, you're like, man, my first couple podcast episodes, oh. not as good as today. Nope. My first couple interviews. Like, of course, you get this opportunity to practice in public and use your season in obscurity to prepare you for popularity. One, two, three years of not quitting is also just your development and growth yep. and figuring out your rhythm and discovering your voice. But also because life happens, and this might be like, this is when the rubber meets the road. Life for sure happens 
to everybody listening to this, you know, in 2009, my wife almost died. I've been dealing with chronic pain issues, as I was talking about with, you know, we were on the yeah. bus with uh, your wife. She has had some challenges too. We're talking about this kind of biohacking that I've had betrayals, you know, we've had negative P and L to the tune of tens of thousands in months. Like life happens. You get, you get depressed, you get people around, you get sick family members, you get aging parents, you get, life is going to happen. So I, I love your community because I know these are people of grit and resilience. Um, but those become the things because I really want to encourage you. Like you start, you commit to doing this thing and you're just still going in seven years and you put a good effort to it. Man, I've had the opportunity now as there's more gray in my beard to just see so many people that started are nowhere to be found right now in what we call the creator economy. I'm talking YouTubers and entrepreneurs using YouTube. I'm going to speak at VidCon again this year. That's in Anaheim, probably 40, 50, 60, 70,000 uh, people. It's the largest online video conference. Most people here would should not go. It's very entertainment-based, a lot of yeah. entertainment, lots of Gen Z. Uh, but there is an industry level, and there's, there's, like a, there's a community level a lot of fans, there's a creator level and then there's an industry level. And so that's kind of, uh, I like to stay abreast of trends. All that to say is there's been these famous creators over the years of all different shapes and sizes. And I've been in VidCon's maybe on year 10, 11, 12, 13, but man, it's just so true that, that a lot of people have maybe had 15 minutes of fame or they had one, two, three years of fame, but they are gone today. Yeah. And if we get a little bit, you know, just observational, a lot of stuff, a lot of the reasons are gone is because they were family vloggers and they ended up having an affair or digital affair and they got a divorce. Mm. And I mean, once you blow up your family, uh, it's not, you can't really have the family vlogger brand anymore. Yeah. Or, and I say this with deep empathy, uh, but they, you know, the pressures of business and entrepreneurship and awareness, your character cracks under the pressure. So all that to say, I, I took it a little bit of a deep place there for YouTube tactics, but that consistency piece, just to encourage you that if you, you know, focus on building your character and slow and steady wins and start a YouTube channel and have the long-term mindset, that's probably the biggest takeaway is like, I know we want leads, customer sales today. We want to hit a, a revenue target this quarter, but the long-term play is like, man, how do I have a sustainable pace and how do yeah. I build my business and my brand to last? Because if you have a rad YouTube channel and a cool, let's say video podcast, a cool show 10 years from now, but you've built team and systems and rhythms in your life so you could do it healthy. Like if you're just still here and then by that time, you've probably evolved your show and now it's partly in the metaverse and we all have like AI robots following us around and Elon has put some kind of chip in our head. And so like people are listening to your show just by like tapping their temple and like tapping into the Schminternet, which is like the internet <laughs> 7.0 or something. I don't know, but you just stick with it. Yeah. You know, Joe Rogan started his show in 2009. And so it is now 14 years later. And a lot of people will be like, yeah, well, it's easy for Joe to say, no, it's not easy for Joe to say it's 14 years. Yeah. Oh, he was on Phil Fear Factor. Nobody watched Fear Factor. Like, what are you talking? Like, so uh, he, he stuck with it and he's a whole different person today. Yeah. And Joe got a hundred million dollars from Spotify. Spotify. Like, we're yeah. not saying you're going to do that. We're just saying that, like, you could have this core tribe of thousands of yeah. listeners 
that is the insurance and longevity of your business in this community that's growing with you, that's available for everybody listening. But the bitter pill to swallow is it does take consistency. It's going to, it, here's, here's a fun one that'll get me unfollowed because who <laughs> wants to follow the guy that tells you it's going to take pain. I'm sorry to curse, but it's going to take, it's, it's painful. Like it's like leadership pain probably gets under talked about because in our space, it's all like, dude, get rich quick, you know, and blow it up. And, and this viral strategy and that stuff happens along the way, but you don't ever build an actual real business on that. It's cool when you get a viral moment because all of a sudden there's some Facebook ads like trend hack that's working and it works like one time, but then sure enough, it doesn't work four months later. Real band, brand, real legacy, embracing the law of sacrifice. You got to give up to go up, but it's worth it when you've got a clear vision, a strong message, people you want to impact. And then imagine a lot of people overestimate where they'll be in one year, but they underestimate where they'll be in five to 10. I think Tony stole that from Bill Gates and that this is the 10 year plan. And um, I think that consistency is the opportunity, customer content and consistency. Wow, man, that was, um, I feel like that was like a long acceptance speech at a, at a, the golden globes or something. And, and we should give you a standing <laughs> ovation that I think that sums it up. I just, um, go back and listen to that over and over again, but let me just, uh, like affirm that for what it's worth. If anybody cares, like if you're following this show, you care a little bit about my story, like a hundred percent, that's my story. What Sean just said, like my first video was that ugly video. I had a camcorder that was not shot in HD. It was shot at night. And the, the only light was a lamp behind my head, which is, this is wrong. Right. And I, and I look like I'm a serial killer because I'm, I, I don't know how to think about what I'm going to say first before, while I say it. So I look scared. Video is awful. Uh, content was actually good. And people still love that video today. If you can go to the recording revolution, search videos by oldest to newest, and then laugh at me, but I'm laughing at you because at least I published it in 2009 and it went up, up in January, 2010. Um, and then it's, but I stuck around 14 years later, still, you know, 13 years later of publishing on YouTube, 14 years in business. And it's like, so start, uh, go ugly early Two, um, I don't know how many, you mentioned the guys that are gone, all the creators that are gone. In my little mini music recording space, we had like a little mini mastermind in the early days and we were all reading like four hour work week by Tim Ferriss and we're like, oh my gosh, we're going to passive income. I was, I was like, what is passive income? Is that a thing? I'm coming from the corporate world and I'm a musician. I don't know business, but I was, I was learning all this stuff and um, all they wanted to do was put everything behind a paywall. And I was like, shouldn't we be putting up more content? I feel like if we just published more helpful videos, like we would grow. And they're like, you're crazy. You're giving away too much, much content. And I was publishing every week. I was like, I'm going to show up every week, at least one video a week. That was my thing. Cause I could commit to that at least. And so to your point, what can you commit to that consistently can happen for, I've been doing that for 13 years now. And then all those guys are gone. They had a, they had a better, mm -hmm. they had a better funnel. They had all the, the digital marketing stuff that you're supposed to do. They had that, but what they didn't have was consistently publishing content and they got bored or they ran out of steam. And, and I never understood why you'd run out of steam because I loved talking about music, music production. Like I could talk about it forever, which is why I counsel people when you're going to start an online business, pick a topic you could be talking about for the next 10 years because A, you probably love the crap out of it, which is going to be more genuine, more real. They're going to love it. But B, you'll be around in 10 years to Steve Jobs' point and everyone else is going to be gone. And I, I'm, I'm not that talented when it comes to the stuff I was teaching, but I've not given up and it's still there. The channel's still there. It's still video. So I think everything you just said, I'm like, bro, that's my story. And really, 
I, I, to your point, I see so many creators who are, they've given it three months, they've given it a couple, you know, a year or two. It does take time. And here you said something that I, I'm now remembering that was so important for me. I saw an inflection point in my YouTube slash selling courses like business model that 18 months into publishing. It was 18 months. And part of it was building the audience and some momentum. Part of it was it took me 18 months to have the guts to publish videos on the topic that my people most wanted to hear, but it was the most technical and I was the most afraid to talk about it because what if I was wrong or what if I wasn't as good as I thought? So I, I did all the safe, easy videos for 18 months. And it was halfway through the second year that I was like, I got to start talking about this and just have some confidence and be like, here's how to do X, even though people could tear me apart. And that's when people are like, this is what I've been wanting. Views went up, sales went up, because I finally, to your point, goes back to who are you serving and what do they actually want? Give them those freaking videos. But it scared the crap out of me because I didn't have the confidence. So maybe you have a, sl a slow build till you have some confidence, but the more you can publish on what people want, that's when things are going to take off. So I just agree. That's a long way of saying I agree. Yeah, I mean, what a journey. And I think that uh, what's encouraging about that is I want to, I agree with the passion piece because I think it's also, it's, it's okay to, of course, stop. It's okay to sell your business. It's okay to decide to take the off ramp. Uh, your goal would be to avoid being forced to stop Correct. because you push yourself too hard and you cracked under the pressure and you didn't find a sustainable pace or you just made a mistake and, you know, it takes five years or 50 years to build a reputation and five minutes to, to ruin it. And, and so, uh, all of that to say, but yeah, man, if you could pick something, because then the good news, if you're also feeling like you haven't broke through yet, it's, it might be because your competitors are too strong and they have too much momentum. But if you are consistent and just being patient and just waiting, and then all of a sudden the market shifts, they shift, something happens in their life. And then all the, and then you're the last one standing, Steve Jobs. Business is a game of attrition. You know, my favorite example of this is Forrest Gump. You, of course, remember Forrest oh, yeah. Gump. Come on, Tom Hakes. And I love it. Like, you know, they're like, we are starting a business. We are going to buy a shrimp boat. Come on, Bubba Shrimp yep. Company, right? And so they start this, but they're, they're newbies at it. Like they're not great at it yet. And there's all this competition. So they're out there. He's out there with Lieutenant Dan. They're putting down the nets. Nets are empty and super frustrating. You're putting in the work. And I think this is such a relatable story for entrepreneurs because you're grinding, you're hustling, but you're like, man, there's people that got more boats than us. There's people that got more people than us. There's people that got, they started before us. They got more momentum. They got more skill. But then the storm comes and the famous scene is in Forrest Gump is the storm is raging and Lieutenant Dan's like up on one of the, you know, sails and he's like, God, if you will get us through tonight. Yep. And like Forrest is actually doing the work and he's like rigging things, just trying to survive through the storm. And then the scene cuts the next day, all the boats are sidelined. <laughs> they're up on the shore, hulls oh, crushed. And they're the only boat that's, that's right. left standing. They put down their nets and then boom, piles of shrimp. <laughs> and so, if there's something about mm. like the resilience mm -hmm. and grit of staying in it, because you don't know when that timing will be, but when the storm hits and that's back to life happens, that storm could be a pandemic. That storm could be, you know, something you didn't bring on yourself, just that that happens or something you did bring on yourself and something that for sure is going to happen to your competitors. This is a very hard 
discipline. You want something you love, something you can stick with. But if you just have that fortitude mm. to and grit to just keep standing. And I mean, it makes it does make me think, you know, as I know we share similar faith and and it's like in I think in Ephesians, it talks about after you've done everything you can do to stand, stand firm then. And yeah. then it talks about the full armor of God. It's like, like, and it's kind of a funny. Bible verse, because it's like, after you've done everything, you can stand. Like, you feel like you can't take it any longer. You feel like you just can't keep going. You feel like you want to quit. The Apostle Paul's like, just keep standing. Yep. Don't move. Feet strong. planted on the ground. You know, eyes like flint. Face like flint. Just stand. Mm. Which is a, not an, even an offensive strategy. It is just a, a defensive, rock-solid mm. Be patient because, and don't move, yeah. stay strong. And so I think that obviously we're talking about YouTube, but maybe there's somebody that, that encourages to just not quit, yeah. to just keep going. And then to realize that sometimes you look back like you did and you go, man, my competitors are gone. Plus you continue to refine your message. And then there was that intersection of timing where things take off. Malcolm Gladwell wrote the book, Tipping Point. Yep. We hit that tipping point that is often found on the other side of that persistence and consistency. Uh, there's so, there's so much there. I was thinking about Hebrews, you know, chapter 12 of like, you know, cast off every weight that hinders and, and, and having run with endurance, man, it's such an underrated skill to endure. Uh, whether as you mentioned the stuff that life throws at you, whether it's, you know, people complain, well, the algorithms like it's punishing me. It's like, whatever, bro. Like there's so much you can't control, but if you're understanding the, the consumer that you want to serve and, and how you want to serve them and just, you don't stop, like stubbornness will get you a long way. Uh, mm. and, and it gives you the time i like you said earlier no one comes out the gate i don't think as a content creator and is world class or even you said refine your message over and over again like the only way i know how to refine my message is to share the message is to teach like the you know to write is to think is a, is a famous saying in latin and i wish i knew what it was in latin because it sounds better but like to write is to think to create is to think the more i put out there in the world the more i understand my own philosophy of what i'm teaching and it's refining 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 so get the reps in like i like i, I like that it's going to take me time because i know i'm going to be so freaking good at it um and i think it's impossible to come out the gate knowing exactly how to say it perfectly so true. One of the things I'm curious about this, because you tweeted this recently that subscribers don't matter in 2023. Consumption matters. Mm. What do you mean by that? And how, how is that changing how you make content? Yeah, it's kind of a cool opportunity because one of the objections is, well, the rich get richer. If I had subscribers and I started 10 years ago, then I would be established. And But if I start now, I'm just at an impossible disadvantage. And the good news is, that's a myth and not actually how YouTube works. So back since I started all the way back in 2005, two years after YouTube started, subscribers not only mattered and they were the very vehicle of how content was distributed. And one of the signs of how you got successful on YouTube was how much emphasis people put on collaborations because they're like, I need to collaborate with somebody that's known. I need to do a lot of cross promo. In a way, it's kind of like podcast collaborations yeah. because algorithmically, there isn't even a podcast algorithm, really. Maybe, I guess, per downloads you get on actual the Apple homepage. But these days, it's also a Spotify play and a Google play. By the way, YouTube's leaning into podcasts via YouTube music. So that's the whole thing. And so anyways, like it's, it's of course, well, if I have an audience, if I am established, 
And so that can be very discouraging because it's like the haves and the have nots. But the good news is that YouTube is actually the most generous algorithm on the internet if you know how to make content and you know how to play by YouTube's rules. And so um, in a 2023 world, it's really click-through rate and average view duration are the metrics, meaning can you put out a great topic with a title that is compelling, with a thumbnail that gets people to stop the scroll, and then when somebody actually clicks through on the video, chooses to watch it, can you hold the viewer's attention? And what YouTube will do, if you start a brand new channel with zero subscribers, you created a good video, as we're describing, then you send out a tweet and send out an email to your list and say, hey, I got a video. And by the way, your list might be 22 people and your Twitter following might be 200. So you get six people to watch the video. If they go, I'm interested in this, and then they watch your 10-minute video, they watch it for eight minutes. That would be an 80% average percentage viewed. That would also be an eight minute average view duration. That's good. That would be yeah. uh, a, a good bulk of the video was consumed. And again, people click through that. You even brought people to YouTube because you, you took your 200 Twitter followers and your 22 email subscribers and, and, and you know, six people watched it. Well, here's what YouTube does is it's analyzing those six consumers that are watching YouTube. It's analyzing their watch history. It's analyzing the fact that they're watching this video and what else are they into? And, and it then starts to go, wow, this video satisfied those viewers. They spent some serious time on this. We're going to spread this a little bit more to other people. A YouTube employee revealed that the amount of impressions you get this week is times seven the following week. Wow. Like YouTube wants, and what they're doing is it, it's throttling your video out to similar viewers mm-hmm. and looking for overlap of interest. The problem is if your video, your thumbnail, your topic, yes, your Twitter followers, your email subscribers click on it because they already trust you. But the way it's positioned or the way you architect it, once it's put to a somewhat larger audience, it just starts to die. And it'll always go down. As YouTube pushes your video out, your click-through rate goes down. As you meet further divergent people from that core, it'll always be less, but it's like, what's the staying power of it? So if, if I know this, we're getting a kind of geeky, but here's the bottom line, brand new channels that are starting from scratch are exploding in a 2023 world. And we share a term called VFM viral for me. So exploding is kind of relative. There's a story of Janelle Elena. She only posted three videos in three weeks. She got a million subscribers. It's proof you don't need subscribers. You can post good content for a specific target audience and grow over a million subscribers in three weeks. But I'm not trying to promise the listener that that's going to happen. What if you got 10% of those results? That's also ridiculous. That'd be 100,000 subscribers in three weeks. What if you got 10% of those results? That's also stupid. Like that'd be 10,000 subscribers in three weeks. So, but what if you just, is it possible to actually go from zero to a thousand subscribers, zero to 10,000 in six months? Absolutely. If you develop the skill set, you stay consistent, you learn how YouTube works. It makes me think of Larry, who's a chartered financial analyst. He does info as well. He's got a newsletter um, and uh, kind of a community for investing and stock investing kind of stuff. Larry Chung, he got a thousand subscribers in one week, 53,000 subscribers in six months. And he only posted 14 videos in the last year and a half. So it wasn't like you had to start 10 years ago. It wasn't like, you know, oh, in the olden days when the YouTube algorithm, what is interesting is YouTube just wants to reward quality content. 
probably the better way to put it is YouTube doesn't even care about rewarding your content. YouTube cares about satisfying viewers. Yep. So when you become obsessed with the viewer and you actually, what I, what I like to think about for the listener is probably you have some people that are dating, a lot of people maybe that are married. And, and most people here may be familiar with the five love languages. And, and it's like the five love languages, Gary Chapman are so powerful because as a husband, there's that aha moment when you're like, oh my goodness my wife's love languages might not actually be my love languages. So I was trying to love her in a particular way. And yet her love, her, her tank was empty. Yeah. And even actually I'm kind of slow as a husband. It takes me a long time, <laughs> 17 years being married and I'm still trying to figure it out. But, but it's like, even after being told, I still am, you know, like my wife's love language is gifts. And back when we were dating, I was, I was like doing it. I was making her mix CDs. I'd burn like 13 songs on a CDR, yeah. drove over to her house before work, put it under her, uh, her, her windshield wiper, gave her like a green juice and an odd walla bar, you know, like, oh my gosh, she's thinking of me. Mixtape, playing it on the way to work, sipping her green juice, get married. <laughs> I just gave up after that, right? <laughs> I'm leaving my clothes everywhere. No gifts oh, anymore, man. no cards. You know, you forget the things. Well, here, here's what I'm getting at. The key to a powerful relationship is discerning the love languages yeah. of the under other individual and then and then serving those love languages. The key to success on YouTube is understanding YouTube's love languages. What is what is going to make YouTube the YouTube algorithm happy? And what YouTube cares about is viewer satisfaction. So when you start to consider the viewer first, consider all the way back to that's why cracking the customer code is key. Yep. Like understanding who you're really serving and crafting content for them. A lot of people make selfish content. A lot of people start getting into... Kind of what, even if you go all the way down to like, well, what's my message I want to get out to the world? Okay, fair enough. But that's also my, well, what do I want to talk about? Okay, yes, but the filter should be, do you think about the audience first? And this would even just be good persuasion, just good public speaking, just tuning into, you know, WIMFE or whatever. What's in it for me is what everybody's thinking about. It, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. People have self-interest. So when you, you just are going to be able to better reach people, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. You're just going to be, when you really obsess over the viewer and satisfy the viewer, brand new channels can grow yep. from scratch right now if you learn these skill sets and play by these rules and learn YouTube's love languages. I love that. It's, and I've a hundred percent been excited about where you, YouTube's gone the last couple of years, really democratizing content. You said it's the most generous platform. It really, really is. And so it's so exciting because I, I can encourage people with what you just said that you can jump on today and you're not at a disadvantage. Like it's, it's, it wants you to be successful on the platform. So there's no more excuses. It's, it's ripe. You know, it doesn't have to be 2005, 2023. You can still be super successful on the platform. I love that. Dude, I have so many more questions. We're way out of time. Um, so we'll have to just do this again sometime. Um, but I, we want to end with a, a section or a segment we call the golden rule segment. This is completely has nothing to do with YouTube. It can if you want it to, but I'd like to go to a different direction. You've got kids, really cute kids. Um, if your kids forget everything you teach them, you and your wife teach them, that you taught them so much, you're raising them well, but they forget it all, those little punks. 
but they remember one piece of advice that you gave them that they'll actually carry with them their entire lives, almost like a golden rule. What would you want that to be for them? Um, I mean, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Come on now. That whosoever should believe in him will not perish, but will have eternal life. Um, it would just be that um, this life is but a vapor and this, this life is temporary. And uh, a life well lived is a life driven by eternity and with eternity in mind. Um, you know, not sacrificing what we want now for what we want most and for catching a vision of the high call. Um, and I, I'm as guilty as anybody, son, as I'm talking to my son, you yeah. know, um, as, as getting stuck into the temporal and to the day to day. Um, I took this a little too far cause I probably said enough, but a nugget I learned recently in a good book called decisive, mm. it's all about decision-making. It's a little bit older. It's a really good book is the 10, 10, 10 rule. How will this decision make me feel in 10 minutes? How will this decision make me feel in 10 months? And how will this decision make me feel in 10 years? Mm. And the 10, 10, 10 rule is so powerful. But if you, t- if you pump that up, then it'd be, how will this decision make me feel in eternity. Come on now. And, and the greatest North star would be reverse engineering back of what good is it for to gain the world, but to lose your own soul and to just have that perspective and point of view influencing your day-to-day decisions. Come on, somebody. I love it. We went to, went to church today, whether you wanted to or not. And I love it. Sean, I appreciate you, man. Um, so, so much. Uh, I, and I've, I think I've told this to you and your, to your face, but I'll say it, you know, publicly that I've really, I've, I've continued to elevate my respect for you in not being ashamed of your faith uh, and, and showing people that not only is it part of who you are, it's everything that you are. And it's fully integrated into YouTube and your business and how you lead a team and how you run your family and lead your family. So kudos for just being a light in the darkness and just being a, a great role model for people to watch, man. So there should be more people like you out there. So I'm grateful for what you do on a practical level, but just as a man and a human being, you're a good one, brother. Um, this has been great. Uh, two things I want to point everyone to resources. One, go get YouTube secrets, killer book, get, get the latest version. It's like the book to get on this. Right. And then two, Sean's got a ton of great content on his channel, multiple channels, but he's got a class for you that uh, we want to push you to. That's just incredible. And it's free. The one YouTube strategy that generates 122,490 plus views per day. It's free. If you want to dive in deep and get into the nitty gritty of how to practically use YouTube, go check it out. Sean's the best at it. Uh, I've got a link in the show notes, or you can go to grahamcochran.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, to get access to that. And uh, Sean, this has been great, man. Thanks for your time, brother, and wishing you all the best in all you're doing. Graham, I appreciate you. Massive love and respect to you and your community. And thank you so much for having me. Absolutely, brother. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode with Sean. I know I did. It's always a pleasure to learn from one of the greats in the space. And I always learned something from Sean. Definitely check out his book, YouTube Secrets. It is a classic in this space and there's so much wisdom inside of it. And be sure to sign up for the free training that Sean was offering that he mentioned in our episode, uh, the one YouTube strategy that generates over 120,000 leads per day. Uh, the link there is grahamcochran.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. We'll put it in the show notes below. And definitely check out the Think Media Uh, YouTube channel and the Think Media podcast of which I've been a guest on as well. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you on another episode real soon. 